You're now listening to me. Me, me. You're now listening to me. Yeah, yeah. Me, me. This is the Meme Podcast, where meme stands for music, movies, and improvs everyone must envy, where we make memes on air. We're the only podcast that memifies and discusses black entertainment, past, present, and non-existent, that you need to love and respect for the purpose of you appreciating the culture more and us pushing the culture forward. I am your host, Hater Heath. And I am Kim Anunnaki. And we do have a special guest today. We have our, our, our pops, who we're calling Cuffs for today. How you doing there, Cuffs? <laughs> now, y'all got to break that down. Where did that come from? Yeah. Where is Cuffs? Yeah. What is that? So, so, uh, so right before we hit, hit record on this podcast, uh, I was trying to do a pre-show because uh, I'm being pressured since this is my first time doing the A mic for the show. <laughs> so uh, according to uh, Cuffs over here, he says, hey, I don't need no prep time. I got this. Uh, I, I'm going off the cuff. So, you're now called, called Cuffs. Okay. All right. Hey, Cuffs. I'm ready. Bring it. What's up? What's <laughs> up, fellas? What's up, what's up Cuffs? <laughs> hey, you, got, you got a hater heat. All right. All right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, this is season nine, Divine But Out of Line and Alignment. Sad that to it. You didn't know about that. Where nope. this is meme number 102 entitled. Father time, Kendrick Lamar's father time discussion. Hashtag, what you do? It be my father. Why you on the red? Right. <laughs> the red. Shout out to the Temptations. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and all podcast platforms. You're only getting seasons eight and up on those platforms. If you want seasons one through seven, pre and post show, and other exclusive content, go to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash the meme podcast. So you can donate, support, and become a meme or a meme bird. All right, topics of discussion today will be A, purple hearts, memories of how we viewed our fathers. Topic number two will be crown, a lyrical breakdown of father time. And topic number three will be mirror, toxic masculinity or first world problems. So we're going to get right into it. Because... Well, before you get into it. Oh, 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 okay, so you're going to be extending this podcast. Say, let, Go ahead. No, let uh. <laughs> Let Cuffs give an introduction of who he is. Well, I, I, I'm about to get into it. I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Darth Vader. <laughs> that, was a Star, that was a Star Wars reference for those who didn't know. Right. Yeah, it, it is 2022 uh, now. Yeah, my name is Michael Miguel Washington, comedian, motivational speaker, uh, former All-American athlete in the backyard, um, uh, father of three sons, two biological, one diabolical. And uh, what I said, uh, I'm just a, I'm just a brother on, on out here working it, man. Off the cuff, that's that's what I'm in. That's, that's, that's it right there. So the, off the cuff. So off the cuff off podcast the cuff. coming soon. Yeah, because I was looking at the notes. That wasn't the note. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work off the cuff. Yeah, right. You, you don't got the first part of the notes. He don't know about the second and third part. So we gonna surprise him with no. some stuff. <laughs> exactly. You gonna hang up the phone? <laughs> yep. Because hey, you can do that when you have uh, when you hey when you're on mobile phone when you don't like questions. Oh, bad reception. The drop came through. I thought you said you were in the basement. Oh yeah, yeah, the basement, basement. That's what it is. Reception in the basement. That's what it is. Concrete, concrete, and stuff. All right, you ready to hop into it? Yes, sir. 
All right. First off, I want to say this show is going to be dedicated. This show was supposed to have been done on around Father's Day. Uh, now we're yeah. into a whole another month. You know, you know how we treat fathers. You know, we, we don't care about the fathers around here. So well, you don't. Hey, hey we, we, I was ready to do the show. I, I was ready. <laughs> I, I, I think actually you, 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 it was your fault, Kim. You, you were tired. Okay. No, I wasn't tired. <laughs> he was sleepy. <laughs> I wasn't tired. <laughs> I wasn't tired. I was. No, we did the uh, we did the pre-show on uh, on Father's Day. That was Father's Day. But no, we, 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 we no, was it Father's Day? Yeah, that was Father's Day. That we was on okay. the phone. Yeah. So to hear that uh, that real pre-show, which was done on Father's Day with our stepbrother Q, um, I will guess I would put that out on, on the Patreon. So uh, that will be out on the Patreon. Uh, y'all will have your copy by the end of the show. Okay. At the end of the show. Thank you, sir. So y'all be able to hear it. <laughs> Hear what's going on. I thought we already had it. Yeah. But, 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 he, uh, looked his, he looked through his uh the messenger. He saw that he didn't he never sent it. <laughs> oh, you ain't listen to the show? Oh, okay. But he ain't sent it. Yeah. Did you listen to the right. song that I put in there? Yeah. No, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. to the one I put in there. <laughs> it would be a politician. <laughs> yeah. All the time. I play that all the time. With, with that with Ed OG? Ed OG and the Bulldogs. Yeah, you you know you remember that song, Pops? Be a father nope. to your child. Why'd you put it in the message? <laughs> I no, I didn't. Everybody I, I, no, it. no, no. I uh I um uh, added all of y'all, you, Pops, and Q on a Facebook post. I added all three of y'all. Oh yeah. All three of y'all. Got added for that song. All three of y'all. No, 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 you know. The song I, I told you was uh, "Color Me Father," called "Color Him Father." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you didn't put it in the messenger, so I forgot. <laughs> uh, I did not. I did not, sir. <laughs> and you know what? It's great that we all have the same amount of uh, prep time and uh, to deal with the same amount of energy to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but but I expect that from you, uh, cuffs. <laughs> Kim not key, not so much. <laughs> so we know who the diabolical one is now, lying on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, this show is dedicated to uh, our our grandfather, uh, uh, your your pops, uh, Jimmy Dale Washington. Uh, big influence, uh, of course, my grandfather. Big influence, of course, but huge influence on my life. And I wanted to use this show to uh, show to honor him and also honor you, pops. I appreciate it. I don't know what Kim's here to do, but <laughs> we're here to honor fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gonna throw me out there. <laughs> well, you, you you are a father, so, so yeah. So I, I yeah. understand. It should be me, the one that's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm too tired to do this podcast. I ain't got no kids." <laughs> <laughs> but but he's too tired. He he, he couldn't prep and get everything together. Hey, yeah, we have nah. a t- a ten more minutes. I, I got time. Still typing, and then uh, two yeah. hours later, yeah, I'm still typing. So yeah, still typing. So so in in, in the words of one of the greatest fathers of all time, um, uh, Joseph Jackson, I had a vision. <laughs> It was a little late. You just didn't execute. Wait a minute. Did you say one of the greatest fathers of all time? <laughs> yes. Hey, hey. Man, yeah. He, you can tell he ain't got no prep time. Yeah. But, hey, he spawned, one of the, he spawned one of the greatest human beings of all time. Jermaine, oh, Jermaine oh, Jackson. He, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, you remember what happened last time? Hey, you remember hey, what happened last time we disrespected Jermaine? You need to chill out. No, I wouldn't disrespect Jermaine. I'm just giving the problem so we can get the, get the energy on the show. Yeah, I want okay. my car to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> wow. All right, so we're going to get right into it, to the Purple Heart segment. 
where we break down um, the memories that we had of our fathers. So I'm going to start off with you, uh, Pops. So um, okay. talk to me a little bit about uh, how, how was Papa growing up uh, for you, like as you were growing up? As I was growing up, he was, uh, he was quiet, kind of distant. Uh, didn't understand why. Uh, he was just a, he was a workaholic. He'd get off one job, come home sit on the couch for a couple hours. Uh, Mom would make him something to eat, sit there for another 30 minutes, and he'd go back out, and then I didn't see him. I really didn't, um, I didn't really get to know Dad until um, I graduated high school because he was never around. He was always working. Uh, again, I didn't understand why he was so quiet, but he had a lot on his plate. He had a lot on his shoulders. Uh, as I found out later, actually, as I found out after he transitioned, uh, how, uh, like, you know, I do jokes in my show about how, you know, we grew up poor, mm -hmm. not poor, but poor. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how, really, how poor we were until your grandmother was telling me stories about, um, one day she just said, I hate snow. Y'all know what snowballs are, right? Yeah. yeah. Those uh, cake things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were sitting around, I was in town, she said, I hate snowballs. I was like, why hate snowballs? She said, well, when y'all was growing up, a lot of times, a lot of times, we just had enough money to give you and your sisters money for lunch, and we didn't have any money. So what your father would do, they, they worked at the same place at Simmons Mattress Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father drove forklift, and mom worked at the Teamsters. And she said what he would do was scramble up enough change, and he'd go buy a snowball, uh, a packet of snowballs. And he would give mom one, and he would eat one. And I said, oh, man, that's, that's romantic, nice, sweet. She said, yeah, it was, but I hate snowballs. Because it reminded her how really how poor they were right mm -hmm. so it, it really put a reflection on me how hard my father was working that i didn't know and his quietness wasn't a uh wasn't a slight on me he just had a lot of stuff on his mind i kind of felt like uh when i watched the movie uh, uh fences oh fences you know with denzel yeah i would ask kid, you know why why you don't like me boy i ain't got to like you who told you i had to like you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, he was he was tough like that, but uh, I'll I'll always just try. I think his quietness made me try to work harder to break through, but always wanted him to be proud of. Me. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, I believe I made him proud. I'm sure I did. Matter of fact, I know I did. Yes, I, I would have totally agree with that. Yeah, likewise. So, but he wanted, 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 he he came from an era, and this thing I had to understand when you get older. He came from an era where men really didn't uh, express their uh, their emotion at all. Right. You know, for the longest time when we got off the telephone, I said, I love you. And he said, mm-hmm, and hang up the phone. I said, mm-hmm, is that cold for I love you too? What is that? <laughs> but they came from an era where, you know, they didn't show emotions. And it was, uh, I think, the uh, first time he said, I love you to me, um, I think I had to be in my late 30s or early 40s. Mm -hmm. When the ice was finally broken, you know, I think it was on the phone. As a matter of fact, I know it was the phone, so I always got the phone. And he said, Love you, son. And I almost dropped the phone. I said, Who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got oh, no, 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 TV, right, right, right. right. <laughs> you, got, you got another son? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change. You know, I wouldn't change. The thing. I wouldn't change the thing about it. You know, because like I said, when you get older, you start uh, like me. You start researching things, and I had this undercurrent uh, hostility toward them for a long time. Because as as men, when you get older, if your life is not the way you want it to be, or uh, you have issues, the first thing you do is go to your, uh, blame your parents. Well, if my parents would have done this. My dad would have did this, spend more time with me this way, blah, blah, blah. Things would be different. Mm -hmm. And 
I just sat down and, and, and looked at his past, his, at his life growing up. And then I realized the, the, a lot of the decisions he made was based on what he had experienced. Mm-hmm. And a man growing up in the 40s and 50s experienced totally different than a kid growing up in the 70s. Right. So you have to put that in play. But a lot of people, you know, a lot of us, we don't, we don't put that in, into accountability. We just kind of say, well, you know, you should have did it this way. You should have done it. He, he taught me what he knew at the time. But the one thing he did teach me was, was hard work and take care of your family. And I think I did a good, pretty good job at that. Indeed. Well, I, I now see why I don't have a family because I definitely did not want to work hard. So <laughs> <laughs> it all makes yeah, sense. Yeah, kids be ready to eat. <laughs> kids, kids be ready to eat. You know the side. I'm still cooking. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, know, you know what? Y- 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 y'all want stuff when you want it. I don't want y'all to work. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I tell you, if you, if you ever become a father, you'd be a great father, but it changes you automatically because, you know, your brother was born. I was just out of high school when your brother was born, and, and uh, not to monopolize the conversation, but I remember. I remember. Well, thank you. I remember. Let me lean back in the chair. No, I remember mom and dad well, more mom worried about how am I gonna raise a kid? We can't even get you to remember to take out the trash. So, so, so you were crazy, so, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Sound like, yeah. Chris. Sound like Chris. Yeah, yeah. I was, there was, yeah, I was Chris. I was Chris, and uh, I, uh, I remember Mike being born, and the first, the first year, how close my dad was to Mike, and how Mike reacted to my dad. And it was like a light switch went off. It was like, dude, he's doing what you're supposed to be doing. Or I was saying, I wonder, did he do this to me? I don't know if it was jealousy. Like, oh, yeah, you can still be nice to my kids. Be nice to <laughs> Beat him like you beat me. <laughs> or or hold, hold me like you hold him right now. Hold me right, like, right. Hold me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it triggered something in me. It's like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step up. And I said to myself, all the things that I'm saying that my dad didn't do, I am going to do. And I think that's when that undercurrent started. But I, again, I didn't know where his was coming from. Now I know, so I understand. But uh, my whole goal was the things that I wanted my father to do that he wasn't able to do, I was going to try to give to my son. And I like how you uh, use that wording. He wasn't able to do like he, what he didn't do. <laughs> so. yeah, no, it was, no, I mean, hey, you know, he didn't know it. Plus, you know, here's a man who didn't graduate high school, and you know, him buying a house was the house we grew up in. Man, mm-hmm. that was a huge accomplishment mm-hmm. because your grand your grandfather was, was uh, although he was strong, he was very uh, insecure, uh, and I think it was because of his edu- his background, his education. Mm-hmm. He let that hinder him, and uh, or tried a lot of things because he felt like he couldn't accomplish things because. He was hindered by not being able to finish school because he had to help take care of his family and drop out of school when he was, uh, I think, in the uh, seventh, seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but man. yeah, he's a hell of, hell of a man. Yeah, that, re- that just reminded me of um, me and him had spoken about a lot of, uh, he was telling me about how it was at Yellow and everything. That's one of the things that we uh, were really connecting on um, toward the right. end. Right. And 
he would he told me a story of how he wanted to like he was trying to learn how to do the driving uh learn uh-huh. how to drive so he could start driving the 18 wheelers and oh, basically yeah but he's like it's back it was like the early 80s it was still like had the races the racism where it was like um right. the union they and, 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 yeah they weren't really allowed they're like hey what are you doing to drive? like you, you can't learn to drive like you have to do this certain thing um right so they basically stopped him from like he was learning on his own he said he was learning like he would go like practice in the in the yard and everything and then some guy came up to him was like yeah you can't do that anymore so they basically just stopped him right there and that right that um i think it's one of the things that kind of fueled me because i almost ended up being a uh, on-road supervisor at, at my job and i thought uh-huh. that's like one of the hardest jobs because like a it's like a 60 to 80 page thing you have to memorize and you have okay. it's, it's like you have to recite it for like three hours as you're doing it like as you're uh basically checking your truck and setting your truck up so it's like a three-hour whole setup that you had to recite it and do it in a certain time period. But gotcha. I was going to use like uh, what Papa had told me as fuel because um, like he never got the opportunity. He, it was taken from him, in, in my opinion. And now right. that I had the opportunity, I wanted to do that, like to to show to honor him. But yeah, right. the opportunity never came because um, it, I forgot how it happened. I, it, it was basically it was between me and another guy. But then when I talked to the guy who was running it, he was like, "Yeah, that's not till next year." And by then, I already already had my people because he he was in a different building, so it's kind of like okay, yeah. I won't be able to do it. But I just find a different way now because now I basically teach all the supervisors at at the at the warehouse. So, and and, and across the the metroplex, so I use that as a way to honor him and saying like giving right. people the opportunity, like hey, if you want to be anything, you you can do whatever you want to, especially in this time period. Not telling the story about Papa how he wasn't even given the opportunity to learn how to drive. Right, right. Peace to that. But yeah, that's something that just sparked, uh, reminded me of that when you you had spoken on uh Popo. But uh, right. I, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. How was it growing up with uh Granny, <laughs> Jimmy, and Tracy, the house full of a house full of women, and Didi, and Didi, in a in a house full uh, of women, in a house full of women, and uh, uh Popo not really there. It was lonely. It was it was very lonely because uh, I was teased uh, a lot, bullied, and you know Tracy was you know a fighter. You know she's a she's a rebel. She's a the Angela Davis of the, of the family, of the neighborhood. But to be the only boy, the youngest boy, and really not have any uh, male influence, no fault on, on, on the grandfather, but just him working all the time. It, it was lonely because I had to, find, had to find my way. Music was my, is what I wanted to do growing up. Uh, play the drums, of course, your mother, your grandmother, and your papa, all here at racket. Saxophone. I would hear that racket. Then they couldn't afford to give me the instrument or lesson, so uh, I got into sports because that was the cheapest thing, and that was the uh, kind of my uh, my vessel to find my way out because nobody else was there. And 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 it really connected me and me and your and my me and my my dad because once I started playing football, he started coming up to my practices when he could. Uh, he would get off work and come to my games on Saturdays because he was working. Uh, Part time at, at uh, Yellow Freight at the time as a what they call a casual worker. So he would work Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, and he would get off, leave work, and come straight to the field and watch me play. Or if it was an afternoon game, he would go home and sleep a few hours and then come and watch me. And that kind of connected us, uh, me playing sports. But it, it was it was real lonely, man. Trying to because I I didn't have any connections with or any uh, any uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, masculine with my injury. sister. Oh, oh, oh just, okay, with the sister, okay. Because, yeah, of course, he's like, yeah, the no. youngest and they living their lives growing yeah, up. Yeah, because, you know, Jimmy is four years older than me. Dee is really four years older than me. Tracy was two years older than me. When I got 
you know, when they, they leave, they all like, they're in high school, I'm still in uh, elementary, mm-hmm. you know, so we had nothing in common, you know, and it was just a constant conflict because what I thought was interesting, they didn't, and what they thought was interesting wasn't interesting to me, so it was, it was pretty lonely, it was pretty lonely. I can, I can definitely see that. And then especially, I, I want to ask you that from the, also being the youngest aspect, because uh, I can see the similarities right there oh, with, yeah. the, with being the youngest. Yeah. I wish, you know, always, because remember, I, I don't think I, y'all probably remember I used to tell y'all, y'all should be, well, when y'all used to get into uh, conflicts all the time, I don't know if y'all remember, but I used to tell you, you, better, you should be glad that you have a brother. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't realize how blessed y'all are <laughs> to have each other, because growing up without a brother, it was just, it's just weird because uh, I really didn't have any like friends, friends like you know, like, you know everybody got that one homeboy that they grew up together with or a brother that they tight with. I never had that. I had a lot of associates, but no real friends until I got to high school. Hmm. And not even the guys on the football team or basketball team. You know, we were cool uh, during the season, but you know nobody came to my house and hung out really. You know, on the regular, hmm. I didn't go to anybody's house and hang out regular. So it was, it was, you had to find your own way. So I found it. Oh, that's very interesting. And I wanted to bring up that uh, the football aspect, um, the boxing and the and the. I remember you told me about the boxing when you were younger than the football, and and I put under the struggle to find a balance as a child. And you kind of basically broke that down. Did you use basically boxing and football as the way to find that fellowship, that fellowship, or that the um, to be around other people? That connection, yeah. Uh, I just knew in the in one of my motivational well actually my first motivational speech that I wrote is called uh, um, um, the fork in the road going right when everybody's trying to pull you left and in the uh, sixth grade I found myself at that fork in the road and the fork in the road is positive or negative and as a young black kid in Dallas I could have easily went to the left because all my a lot of a lot of the guys I knew were going left smoking weed drinking you know and all smoking cigarettes. Back then, that was like, uh, you know, taboo, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I just knew, even though dad was gone to work, you did not want him to come home and have to deal with you and your foolishness. You did not want that because he had enough on his plate because he was unleashed. My father had, my father whooped me two times <laughs> in my life. I'm 58 and I still remember him like it happened yesterday. Why did we get so many whoopings? <laughs> then why did we get so many whoopings? Because y'all didn't get it. <laughs> I got it the second time. I was I was done. I didn't want nothing to do with this man. It was a different era. And, <laughs> a different whooping. <laughs> apparently I didn't I just apparently I didn't do it right. So the, the scene from uh the scene from Cooley Hot comes to mind. Where uh, he told she, the moms told him to go upstairs to get the bell. But then by the time he got back downstairs, she was asleep. Right, right, right. <laughs> so Papa was probably just too tired. He's like, "Hey, man, <laughs> you on your own? No. I ain't got time to keep whooping you." <laughs> no, you grab me, grab Life grab whoop, you grab me. No, your mom, mom handled all the discipline in the house. If it went above her head. Yeah, we gotta understand if it, if you if you rub mom the wrong way, dad was coming at you with a vengeance, and that was his queen. I think we got and two whoopings from Granny. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I can only imagine. It's right. Like, hey, I love you. I, I can imagine you like I love you, mom. I'd rather dad. <laughs> I'd rather dad whoop me. <laughs> hey, you talking about the scene from Cooley High? Brought to mind the scene from me was this time. 
when that kid came to uh, <laughs> the homework with Michael. With yeah, James. That, that, with James. Yeah, man. That <laughs> he was, took that him in the back and then he came out the door and he snatched him back in. That was bad. That was bad. He played. He did not play. But again, man, I mean, the way I grew up, I look back at it now, man, I would change for the world. Wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Well, except for bullying. I could deal without that. Okay. Now, now, if, if I may, may, may I challenge you on that? Yeah. Well, 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 let me ask. Let me ask before I challenge. What would you change about it? Uh, that I that I learned to to fight earlier. Okay, so that, that's where I was going with it. There we go. Right, yeah, because I didn't know how. And then I remember I told you the story of uh, asking asking your father or asking your grandfather to teach me how to box. He just looked at me and said, you ain't tough enough. And that really struck a chord with me. It's like, well, you know, at that time, I'm thinking, well, is it your job to teach me? Right. Mm-hmm. But see, even, even if I would have articulated that, which I didn't know how to articulate that to him, he probably would have beat the hell out of me because you didn't talk back to your parents that way back then. You didn't talk to them in that manner. Right. So how, I had how, to, how dare you to give a bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, somebody exactly. post somebody posted on Facebook and said had a uh, a thing that said uh yeah, the kids these days, they be cussing with their parents. It's like, I couldn't, we couldn't even say lie. We had to say, tell a story. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. It's like, you lying. What you say? Yeah. We said lying. Yeah. And you ain't even talking about your parents. You just like, yeah, that kid lying. It's like, what you say? Yeah. Yep. Tell a story. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Go to the zoo. Go to the zoo. You can't even say lying. That's a big cat right there. <laughs> That's a what? That's a big old cat. That's what I thought you said. Yep, exactly. I'll deal with you when we get home. (laughs) (laughs) What I do? Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we're gonna gonna transition up. So so uh now we would like to know um how you felt about us uh when we were growing up. So one of the questions I put on here is, uh, did you have an Woo! expectation? Of, yeah, yes. let's, start, let's start with the whoopings. You ruined, you ruined my life. Let's, let's, let's start with these whoopings. <laughs> the multitude. The abundance. Never ending. I feel them today. Still feel them today. <laughs> oh, I'm still gonna like acting right. Uh, I, uh, when, when Mike was born, I was. Uh, I was happy, confused, scared, and immature at the same time. So that first year, I was trying to figure out what I want to do because my, my dream was over. My dream was to be go to college and play football. And since I didn't get any scholarship offers, um, that it was done. So I was going to school part-time, and I'm trying to go through the semi-pro league. As, as a matter of fact, before, I think, uh, was Mike? Was Chris? I'm trying to, yeah, you were born. You were. Yeah, you had just been born, and uh, I got a walk-on tryout with uh, University of Texas at Arlington. Mm-hmm. And uh, they told me they were going to recruit. They knew who I was. They were going to recruit me, but they recruited the tallest people. But I can walk on. They're pretty sure I was going to make the team. Keep working hard, get a scholarship, and came home and told your mother. Your mother said she pranked, so that killed that. Because you can't have, you know, one, one kid going to school is just tough. Two kids is, you know, impossible, really. So, uh but I, I was I was proud to be a father. Uh, I used to take y'all around uh, when we lived. Well, even when we before we left the neighborhood. But our old neighborhood, I used to 
And guys will tell you, man, you used to walk your kids around all the time. I used to walk y'all around the corner, the Alvin them house. I don't know if y'all remember that. Uh, Greg Douglas around the corner. I used to always show y'all a So I was proud to have two sons. Uh, so it, it didn't it didn't alter my it altered my decision or my dreams, but it didn't alter my enthusiasm. I think it made me more uh, it did make me more mature because I matured quick. Because I can see the, the looks. You can tell when people uh, know you're about to mess up, but they don't say you're about to mess up. They just don't watch you mess up. Mm-hmm. Like oh, sit there okay. looking at you, just waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. That's, how I, that's the pressure I felt with, with mom, dad. They kept, I kept feeling them waiting for me to screw up to say, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, went immediately like, I'm going to show you that I can be responsible, that I can be a good father, that I can raise these kids, and that's what I did. Okay. All right, now, now I was more so talking about your expectation. Well, I, I'd love to hear that though. Like, thank you for sharing that. Oh, of, 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 of you yeah, and Mike. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 I'm sorry. What you I'm sorry. Of you and Kim. Yeah. <laughs> it's too late. Cover, cover blown. He, he, <laughs> I'm some disappointment in the name Jane. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 your brother kind of called me out on that when he went to Kim Nike and he just looked at me and said, Well, your name ain't Miguel. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> yeah. I'll do what you want to get home. <laughs> yeah, I raised the smart one. <laughs> you gave the kitchen. You win this round. But no, my expectations of, uh, uh, I I figured my, my well expectation dream. I thought Mike would go to college and play basketball. Uh, I thought uh, Hater Heat. Ah <laughs> ah. <laughs> Thanks. I thought Hater would go to college and become a uh, uh, a uh, cart uh, animation animation computer guy uh, like for Disney. I pictured uh, Kim as uh, a meteorologist because he used to really be into weather a lot. I mean, it was scary how this dude used to watch the weather channel like he watching cartoons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you were bored. Right. <laughs> you wonder why we didn't get along. years old and uh you have to understand being uh a stepdad for lack of a better word because i don't consider me my him my stepson he's my son uh but his dna ain't you yeah and his uh his attitude and mannerisms you're unfamiliar with because it's not part of you mm-hmm. so i but he was a very quiet kid we his nickname around the house was laid back black he was just chill. He could chill by himself. He was cool. He he didn't have to have a lot of friends. He didn't have to go to parties. He didn't have to hang out. He would just be chilling at home. He's good with the dog. I didn't know. I was I was more concerned about what Q was going to do after he graduated. I knew he wanted to go to school and run track, and then he was going to join the military. He wanted to join the military right out of school. And I said, Nah, nah, nah. Because your your dream was to run track in college. You can't go into the military and then do that. So follow your dream first. And his concern was more, well, 
you and mom ain't got the money for me to go to school. I said, you know, no, no, just, just do what you got to do. And he did that. So my expectations were, you know, you have dreams of what you think your kids are going to do. But I think all three of you guys have exceeded my expectations. You guys are all in leadership positions, all doing well, no trouble with the law, uh, asterisk on Kim. And... Uh, <laughs> Want to argue with the judge? The anyway, where the... <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, and y- y'all doing good, man. Y'all ain't got y'all ain't got babies all over the place, you know. Y'all ain't causing no drama. Y'all ain't got no rap sheet, you know, no records. So I, my expectations have been met and ex- exceeded. Good job, Kim. <laughs> we, we worried about you, buddy. Take that asterisk off. <laughs> <laughs> Expunge that asterisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. All right, so my next question for you would be, um, if you were to pinpoint a certain moment or time that you can look at and say it really shaped who we are or what you look at us now, it's like, okay, this moment here was the genesis of where um, where his mindset is now or this moment is, is why he does this. Can you think of any moments like that for us? So a moment that, that up for you? Well, for, you, for all of us. Well, I think only you guys know that. I mean, I, I, I remember certain uh, uh, moments. I don't know if it was the moment that clicked. I know with you, uh, hater. hater <laughs> you hater. Ah. You hater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just animosity with I'm the hater. I'm now. Uh, was the, the time uh, you were going to be a senior year in high school, and uh, you, you you were basically laying out your uh, your goals your goal for the year. Mm-hmm. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. I'm saving for a new car. I'm gonna, I'm going to say this, I'm going to work this job, and I just kind of look at you like said, no, you're not. No, you're not. I said, you always said you're going to do something, you didn't finish it. Now, then I thought I was being truthful, but I saw the disappointment in you, and actually, as I think about it, it was the same look I had when my father told me I wasn't tough enough to buy, hmm. because you're looking for that um, approval, yeah. the validation. And you don't get it. And I remember we kind of had a, I think that's, for me, I felt that's why we weren't, our, our uh, relationship suffered uh, on that, from that level on, because you uh, basically broke your heart. Uh, with, uh, with Kim, I think uh, probably the divorce, with the divorce and then remarry, uh, that period was real tough on, on him because he was trying to figure things out from my perspective and lashes out because he didn't understand what was going on. And it was no, uh, it was no, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was no um, hatred or bad feelings towards Sonya. It was more, um, this not how it was supposed to be. And I'm not understanding it. To a degree. <clears throat> yeah, to okay. a degree. You said disagree or no, agree? No, I said to, to a degree. Okay, to a degree. Okay. <laughs> and with you... Oh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to down okay. that. No, it, okay. was more so, it was more so the uh, the shifting, the shifting. Um, it wasn't more so of a figuring out of like where, you know, his position. It was like you were already on the road a great deal. Um, ah, yeah. So, okay, yeah, so let like, me backtrack. Okay. Let me backtrack. I don't know if you remember this. I, this, this is the defining moment right here, uh, Hater. Okay. This is the defining moment. I remember we were, going, we were in the car, and your mom would take me to the airport, and you said, uh, Dad, I was going to say, you said, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Father. Father. <laughs> 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 
I just want you to be my mama. Right. <laughs> you said, Dad, what happens if you get to the airport late and miss your plane? And I said, then I would have to catch another one. You said, well, what if that plane can't take off? I said, then they would have to get another plane. And you said, well, what if another plane, all those planes don't work? I said, well, that probably have to get in the car and drive. And you said, well, what if the car don't work? And as you go through these scenarios, all you want to know, all you want to know is what scenario has to happen for you not to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that then, but I remember that specifically. I said, man, he don't want me to go. But I, it, being being a father, I heard T.D. Jake says, I, I can't pair, I can't, I got to pull up the, uh, the uh, Matthew talking about being a good father. You can't win because if you're at home, you're not, you're not, uh, Provided for your family, but if you're gone, you're not there for them, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. And it's like we can't win; it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what we do; we're gonna lack in something. Right. And that's how I felt because it's like I want—I want to teach my son to be to follow your dreams, but I can't. How can I teach them to follow their dreams when I'm not following mine? But in the same instance, you—you—you are missing out on their childhood. Right doing that so, and it was uh sometimes the, the decision is sometimes i wish i would have waited sometimes like nah you had to do what you had to do mm-hmm. but when in the process of all that you know it was a lot of ups and downs and mental breakdowns and you know a lot of hostility and anger and frustration but i guess that's the journey you know in any in, in any journey it's going to be that you know right so i think that was the that was the point that that i remember uh with with, with kim now with Q, I think it was uh, when uh, I think he was in the tenth. No, 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 no. He was in the seventh uh, or eighth grade, and I was going to legally adopt him. And uh, Mickey, we went to him and asked him how he feel about it, and he broke down crying because he thought he was already adopted mm-hmm. when me and Mickey got married. Mm-hmm. And we explained to him, no, I said, you know, no, you still my son. I'm just saying legally, you know. Where we go to the court to change the name and all that, and it really affected him because he felt he kind of felt slighted. And I'm just speaking for him now. He, I wish he was here to to uh, like with Mike elaborate more on it. But mm-hmm. I think that really changed our relationship because I saw the influence I had on this young man that I didn't really understand about being a put it like this, I have more of a appreciation. I understand why Sonya couldn't handle being a wife and a mother, because being the mother of someone else's child is a tough, tough, tough road, and you gotta really buy into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I gotta remember to ask you. I'm asking about that when I, when I call him. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually a great one. But actually, um, that's a great uh, segue over to uh, since you already gave your uh, how you felt about uh, pops um, as far as the divorce. That's that's one of the things I want to talk about, like how we viewed uh, viewed you growing up. Um, yeah, won't you tell me how y'all viewed me? Yeah, I'm gonna start with Kim on, on the influence aspect. How, how did pops uh, influence you? <clears throat> well, uh, I know with the comedy, um, I know I put that. Um, of course, I didn't like the fact that you were gone most of the time which tied into what we were just talking about. And uh, just to add on to, um, to finish out the, uh, the question was uh, there was a period of feeling lost being that you, you were already gone doing out doing comedy. And then, you know, to hear about the divorce, it was like, um, 
you're not here. And then we, you know, we had to wait for you to come back in town to get, you know, what's going on. So it was like, and then, you know, just that, uh, that time frame with, you know, from that to um, getting remarried, it was just like, of course, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of things shipping around, um, you know, going to go stay with you on like on the weekends and stuff like that. And then right. you get remarried and it's just like the, the transition. So it was like there wasn't like a, I guess you could say like a uh, a rollout in terms of like a, <laughs> like, a like, <laughs> album <release. laughs> like an album release. Like it's like, hey, boom, boom, boom. And then, then we hear it. it was just like a lot of stuff just happened like rather quickly. And then, like I said, you being gone, you didn't really have the time or it wasn't like an, I felt like enough time to sit down and explain hey this is what's going on and boom 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 and like kind of like on some like weekly like okay I see you on a regular basis and so we know and it's right. like we eased we're eased into that so right. like I said a lot of stuff just happened so I guess I, I felt like uh, there was a period of, of being lost uh, and not right. really knowing you know what's what's going on here and then of course like you know when growing up in the 90s it's like you know parents getting divorced it wasn't like a common thing. Like now it's like, it's all over the place. It's, 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 right. uh, it's, it's, no, it's the norm for the most part. So back then it yeah. was more so like, okay, what is this? You know, my friends are not experiencing this. So it's like, this is not a regular conversation. So it's like, it's new. So it's just the, it was just the adjustment uh, for me, but going back to like the influence. Uh, so yeah, doing the comedy, of course, yeah, like I said, I didn't like the fact that you were gone most of the time, but there was an appreciation being that you know you were traveling uh to different places you remember the postcards yes yes i do yes, yeah I do. the postcards so it's like uh you know reflecting back and it's like i've reflected back on this you know years and years ago like you know those postcards is like hey you know i'm here i'm here i'm here and again that speaks to like that wasn't normal like friends you know the friends that we was going to school with not, none of their parents was like traveling like that everybody was just like working a regular job the regular nine to five and they were together so it was like, yeah, we we experienced the divorce that was new. And then also on the flip side, it's like, hey, my dad's on TV. My, you know what I'm saying? He's, right. he's over in this city and state. He's traveling. He's a comedian. And then, you know, we were talking about the T-shirts, uh, the Rupting with Laughter T-shirts. Rupting with Laughter. No, the first one was Eat a Biscuit and Chill Out. That was the second no, one. That was the second one. E- Rupting no, with Laughter was, was your first one. E- Rupting with Laughter was the first no. one. Nope. Hang on, I'm going to be I used to wear shirts. <laughs> I made this shirt. Oh. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'll do, I'll do with you when you get home. <laughs> right. how, dare you, how dare you make a valid point. <laughs> I'm getting old. I can't remember everything. Bro. Yeah, the only reason I remember that because uh, Universal Studios, when we had the erupted oh, okay. the yellow and red Universal. one. With, with, with the red jorts on. <laughs> right. I had the green jorts. <laughs> Wow. Green jorts with a yellow and red t-shirt. Repping. Purple shoes. So yeah, so uh so yeah, it's just like the appreciation and the influence is like um, you know, you got your own t-shirt. And I remember I went to school one day, there was a there was a kid that was in my class. He had the erupting laughter shirt on too. I'm like, hey, I, where'd you where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> Did you rob my dad? <laughs> Are you my brother? <laughs> I know you. I know your wife. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he had the yellow and red one. <laughs> so I'm right. like, hey, where'd you get that shirt? And then he was saying, <laughs> "This from your brother." <laughs> <laughs> so he said, uh, 
So yeah, he uh his parents went to your show that I guess the night before and got the shirt and got him one. So right. But that was like cool because it's like you're wearing like a shirt that my dad made. <laughs> right. So it's like, like I said, that wasn't the norm. So like the influence is like, okay, I'm proud that you know it's like, hey, my my pops is on TV. You know, he's on the Apollo. He's not, and I even to this day, <laughs> I mean, like he, he wasn't on Amber tonight. <laughs> Right, right. He was the act that followed the Amber Night, so he didn't get booed. <laughs> so. not, not, not the first time. <laughs> and then he was on uh, Comic View and all that, so it was just like that being a, uh, like I said, an influence, and then I, I put down on it, was like I was getting girls <laughs> based off of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, my pops is on Apollo. Maybe I can get you on Amateur Night. Let me go talk to my pops and see if we can make it happen. <laughs> Wow! Turn the choir boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I put it together. <laughs> See, you can use me as a wingman. I'm not even there. <laughs> it's hey, been what am I? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I? Do? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta make something of my time. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I gotta turn, I gotta turn a negative to a positive. <laughs> So yeah, so that was uh like the, the influence on me is like um the being your own being your own man, you know, going out there despite you know the the norms of society, you know, just go out there and do what you if you feel passionate about doing this, then go out there and do it. And uh <clears throat> I know I know it was an uphill battle, especially in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, jumping out there to be a comedian. Like I said, it wasn't the norm, it wasn't like like it is now, like anybody can be a rapper. Like anybody can be a rapper. Anybody can be a uh, have their own TV show, radio station, and all that. But it's like back then, it's like you had to really grind and and do what you needed to do to to make things happen. It wasn't just handed to you. So right. So yeah, that was definitely an influence on me to you know go out there and say, hey, you know, these nine to fives ain't, ain't giving me what I need. So let me go out here and do what I need to do. Okay, that's a good influence right there. Hey, huh? Oh well, it, it's kind of it's kind of similar. Like I'm saying, um, I'll, I'll go back to my. Uh, well, let me get, let me put a different spin on it. So, um, me being the youngest, I have to look up to not only my father but my older brother. So, I remember back in the days when we used to go to uh, we uh, we we went to Williams. Mm-hmm. So we, Williams was the elementary school we went to uh, fourth and sixth grade. So I remember you used to when you come back in town, you would. Uh, like come in and um, uh, take us lunch. Right. So same kind of was like a those proud moments. Like my dad's here for lunch. Oh yeah, woo. And then oh yeah, and I'm eating Burger Street. Woo. Yeah. So like that. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> so that was always great. Better than better than the scoobers that we got. No, scoobers was wow on point. And, and scoober better than uh the Burger Street. No. Scoobers was on point. They're they're on point. Man, what Burger Street? So the apostle come up there, but the um. <clears throat> This, this is something that I deal with. I want to say to this day. Well, well, I, I kind of deal with this day. I call it the, um, well, it's the little brother aspect. So like being, uh, being Kim's uh, younger brother. So he was popular and everything. So it was always, oh yeah, that's a, uh, that's Kim's brother. So it's like, oh, well, hey, I'm Chris. I have my own identity. Hi. So <laughs> it'd be with the, uh, with you when you come to school. Oh, Chris, oh, your dad. Oh my God, your dad. Like, yeah, that's great. But I, I'm here too. So it's always, I'm always, always the, Chris, uh, uh, Miguel's son or Kim's uh, brother. So it was kind of like a, right. it was a great thing, but it's also a, um, I would say negative. A, it was a negative, but 
the way I guess I turned into negative into a positive is, you know how I was back when I was a kid. Like I didn't really want attention. I was always be in my room reading books. I really just wanted to be right. So I, I kind of went more into that. It's like um, the best way I describe it is I was the I was always like even like uh, you remember Earl? Yep. Yeah. So Earl was like I was always the friend or the best friend to the popular guy. But I was like never pop. I was never popular. I was just always around popular people. So, right. So I always call that. Even to this day, like even with the Masons, even at work, it'd be like I'm, I feel like I'm a great quote unquote number two because I don't I don't necessarily want to be the one shining. I don't like at work they'd be like, oh, you always want to you always want want the attention. No, even my my trainers would tell you, like I, I'll tell like oh well, where you get this idea from? Oh, that was this guy. That was this guy. I don't ever take credit for a lot of stuff because I don't right. really. Only time I take credit for stuff is when I'm trying to get somewhere. And even then, everybody kind of knows. Like, I still give credit to the people who help me. But then I'll step right. up more and say, yeah, I did this with the help of these people. But mostly I'll be like, yeah, this person did this. Oh, this person did this. Like, I don't put myself out there. But um, you keep, that. keep the what? Anonymity. Yeah, exactly. But um, as far as the influence, like, yeah, the um, going out there and uh, following your dream, um, making those sacrifices. That's the one thing I did learn even when we started doing this, uh, the podcasting thing it was a um, a hindrance on on my, my previous relationship. And that's one of the things right. where I was kind of like, I was kind of falling back, but then I realized now, especially after we broke up, it's like, yeah, you basically put this stuff on hold for something that was temporary, so to speak. But right. instead, next time, it's, it's, I was down on myself about it, but now it's more so, hey, next time, you have to put that boundary up. It's like, hey, yes, we're in a relationship, but I still have to do stuff outside of my, outside of myself in order for me to grow. And it can't be all right. about just us in this relationship. So that's the one thing I, right. I um, saw it also in your relationship um, with you and moms. It's like you took uh -huh. that sacrifice. It, it didn't work out in the end, but you had to do that to become who you are. And, right. and sometimes like everybody's not going to be uh, uh, down with it. Everybody's going to feel a certain type of way, but you still have to go your own way because it's still your life. Yeah, exactly. So, but when you have kids, it's a little different uh, because Again, you walk. I'm walking that tightrope. Uh, I know Dad had dreams that he wanted to do, but his 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 uh, first priority was to take care of his family. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I felt the same way. But I felt like the job I was on at the time. I felt comedy was calling me. When football left, comedy is the only thing that gave me any kind of joy. And I didn't want to be the guy that just worked the job. I never, I never thought I was better than the job. But I just felt I had more to offer. Mm -hmm. So that's why I stepped out and said, well, let me just try it now. If I don't try it now. And I started late. I mean, I started at 26. You know, most guys, they start at 18, you know. Some younger, younger than that. Say again? Like, some younger than that. Like, Chappelle said he started when he was like yeah. 12, 13. Eddie started when he was like 12, 13. Eddie started 15 and mm -hmm. just started going to the club. Yeah. So, yeah. so I understand what you mean, like, the, with the late start. Yeah. But it, as, as we saw, the timing was right there. Everything kind of yeah. aligned. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm a, that's, a, that's a good uh, segue right there to comedy. Um, how did the comedy affect uh, affect you? Or oh, you kind of went into that with as far as uh, being the proud, the proud aspect, and then how it affects you as or So I'll, I'll leave that be. Well, well, you had my thing was I always always like uh, like the lab. Always loved the lab, really. Mm -hmm. And growing up watching Carol Burnett with the family and watching mom and dad laugh. Uh, I used to do impersonations of, I never forget, <laughs> one of the first jokes I ever did, like a skit in front of, uh, or a bit in front of uh, 
mom and dad, they was talking about uh, the Incredible Hulk. And I said, he, the Incredible Hulk will never get married. Because every time he come over, his wife took the same thing. He said, I want this, I want it be! And like turned me, and everybody fucked out laughing. And I'm like, oh, okay. That was cool. And then I tried to do it a couple more times. He's like, oh, that's enough. I want it be! Yeah, yeah, you can't keep joking. That's when, it, that's when you learn it's time to write new material. Then you learn to keep it fresh. Right. This audience heard that joke. <laughs> You better change the audience. <laughs> yeah. Time to start traveling. <laughs> start hitting these clubs. But 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 here's the thing that the, you I was so afraid to uh disappoint uh dad that I didn't tell him that I quit my job to start doing comedy. I lied and told him I got laid off. Mm. Because I knew the uh the lecture I would get. Even at 26 years old, you got a wife and two kids, you follow this pipe dream, and blah, blah, blah. You got to take care of your family. You go back to your job, and blah, blah, blah. So I had to tell my guy, I got laid off, so I'm going to try this. And they said, oh, okay, yeah, you know, if you don't, if you don't work out, then you're going to try to find your job. But they laid you off, they laid you off, you know. Because I didn't want that added pressure of, uh, of uh, the commentary right. behind me, you know, every time I came home or wasn't working. But you, y'all, y'all know when I wasn't working, I was working temp job yeah. at home. So it wasn't like I was just sitting around. So, but everything was to 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 please and make mom and dad proud. More dad, the mom would express, you know, but dad would, mm-hmm. you know, he never would. And I remember once uh, I didn't try to jump ahead of you, uh, hater. Uh, but uh, I remember once mom told me that uh, she was watching one of my tickets. They never went to the show because it was nightclub. They won't get, you know, sit in no bar area. They weren't doing that. So she was watching. I gave her a tape that I did. I think I was featured at the time doing like 30 minutes. And she was watching it. And she was laughing. And she said she felt uh, somebody over her shoulder. And she looked over and it was dad sitting there watching. Watching and kind of not laughing out loud, but like, hmm, <laughs> one of those. Mm-hmm. And then she said, how long have you been standing there? He said, I've been here three minutes. He's pretty funny, huh? And then he left. He ain't finished the thing. I was a But yeah, so but that was uh, that was cool to hear. It's funny because when he transitioned, I had more people telling me, "Oh, you're the comedian. Your father talks about you all the time." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, I didn't know he, you know, he was proud. He was impressed, but he just never expressed it to me." Mm-hmm. But he expressed it to everybody else. Everybody like, oh, you the comic. You you working with cruise ships, you working all over. Yeah, you was on TV, right, Baba? I'm like, wow, he, he was proud, you know. So that made me feel real good, you know. You know, it's, but it's kinda like you wish you knew this when he was here. Mm-hmm. That you could say, Thanks, I'm glad I made you proud. But you know, needless to say, I knew I made my father proud, so I'm cool. Well, that's a great transition. And um, but before we transition out of that, I was gonna say, hey. You're, you're, you're welcome. I already know you're proud. So you ain't got to worry about that with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud. Okay. Like I said before. Huh? Did, you, did, did, you, did you promote it yet? <laughs> no, I'm not proud. Right. Like, like I said, I'm proud of uh, of all three of you guys, man. You guys have uh, done uh, exceptionally well mm-hmm. in your life. And even in the in the Valley, you guys came came back each one of y'all through the difficult times, through the transition, 
uh, y'all fall back and look where you are now. So it, it reminds me of a friend of mine who's in jail, and this is kind of uh, taking it to a, a, a place. But I think I feel really feel like you can tell the story. A friend of mine was in prison, and he said he was about to kill himself. And his son was bringing his granddaughter to see him. He said, I'm going to see him for the last time, then I'm going to. Went off myself because he, he he was in prison for something he didn't do. He did, but it, it wasn't the reason they say he did it, and uh, or for the reason they say he did it. But after he saw his granddaughter and his son, they were walking out. He, the tears running down his face, and he said, uh, "The granddaughter stopped and just turned around and looked at him and said, Grandpa, don't give up five minutes before you bless him.'" And it was like he said God was like speaking through her to him. So that next five minutes to change everything. Hmm. And they gave him the strength to keep going. So I, I I see that in each one of you guys that y'all didn't give up before that, you know, that five minutes. It's within that five minutes, y'all kept pushing, kept, you know, going. Whether it's relationship, uh, whether it was job situation, whether it was uh, just problems in your life, uh, disappointment. Y'all didn't give up within that five minutes and look where you are now. Right. Well, thank you for that. Well, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for that. So, hell yeah, I'm proud of y'all. Oh, you got you got to edit that. I'm a deacon now. To the bed. <laughs> Just don't show them. <laughs> I might get this annoyed by the church. <laughs> well, we'll transition to part two where all the cussing comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we was just in, um, this will be called Crown, where we do the breakdown of uh, Kendrick Lamar's Father Time. So, I'll, I'll start the story. So, of course, we heard, that, we heard the album. That song, of course, stuck with me when I first heard it. And then I think it was like a month or so ago, I sent, I sent you the song. And that was like, that was like the Father's Day, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I sent you on Father's Day. And I sent you the uh, lyrics. And I, want you to, I want you to listen to it and, and give me your, your thoughts on it and, right. and how you felt about it. Right. What spawned this whole conversation. Um, right. So I kind of want to get into the, your, what were your thoughts of the song when you first heard it? I, 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 did, I kind of was torn trying to figure out, was he angry with his father? Was he upset with his father? Was he upset with his life and blaming his father? And I'm not saying the success that Kendrick Lamar had, just the emotional, because, uh, you know, you can be successful and emotionally screwed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't know how he was going with, uh, how he was going with that as I'm listening, but I didn't. This was before I saw the lyrics. Because uh-huh. it, 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 songs, which, when you know, <laughs> black people can always see the real lyrics before they make comments. <laughs> because, you know, we, we, put, we put our own, you know, lyrics in there to change the whole dynamic of a song. <laughs> but but uh, I, I still, I thought he was uh, basically not knocking, but possibly being, he was upset at the way his father raised him. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't agree with the way his father raised him. Which I never understood a child agreeing or disagreeing. You still here, you should be happy. Right. Un- unless you did something, you know, wow. diabolical, you know, something like that. It's you know, but... Kim-esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, but I would say, like, I can understand where it's more so it would be the ego of the kid, because, oh, I feel I should be this, and if I would have got this, then I would have been able to get to where I wanted to be. And uh, right. and that ties in, uh, I'll tie that back into the conversation that we had where I had to learn how to remove my own expectations of, of what I feel the father should be or what I feel the mother should be and just look at uh, who y'all are as human beings. And that's what gave me the 
the understanding, the acceptance, the forgiveness, and the appreciation. Right. For y'all. So that's something for the uh, the masses out there. Uh, try try that. Um, be more understanding. Take away the labels and uh, look at your your parents or whoever you're dealing with as human beings, not for what you expect right. them to be. But right. But getting towards the song, because I remember I, the one of the questions I asked you was um was the issue with the song where he said the I got daddy issues. That's on me. Yeah. So yeah. And it was like, was that accountability or was that the blame? And I think uh, Kim had broke it down, uh, what he was uh, going, where he was going with that, if you want to do that again there. Oh, yeah, that he was um, basically just giving you the, what he what he experienced and just breaking things down so the listener can have an understanding um, as to how he was raised, which shaped and, and molded him to what he is now. So it's just a more so of a callback to pinpoint like, hey, I have daddy issues, but it's on me. I'm taking ownership of it. But this is just to show you guys, like, if if you want to know why I'm this way in regards to being ultra competitive, being, um, right. you know, being ultra competitive as well as um, not not wearing my sleeves on my shoulders or wearing my heart on your sleeves. Heart on my sleeves. Yeah, thank you, sleeves. On yeah. Sleeves on my shoulders. This will be your wrist. <laughs> is, that the video? Like, is that the show Theo right. was wearing? <laughs> That's the shirt they always wear on the Cosby show. <laughs> <laughs> his sleeves was on his shoulders. You know this <laughs> Gordon Gar trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing your heart on wow. your sleeve. It's like if yeah. you want to understand why this is why, like how, this is how my pops raised me, and, and you know these different situations is what uh, were embedded in me. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, which shows today. So that's how that's what the show, the song represented for me me looking at it and analyzing it and see, i like that i like that that direction because but because we will hear one phrase and we'll make a whole assumption right or at least i did on that daddy issue right you yeah. know i have daddy issues you know and it wasn't like a positive or a negative like oh do you think this is negative do you think this is positive like no nah, this this is what it is this is what it is right right yeah and that, that would, that's where the you start getting to the worldly view of, and we'll talk about that more in segment three, and we won't get too deep into it. But um, like the toxic masculinity aspect, and that's what the conversation I wanted to have, because um, a lot of the stuff he talks about in here deals with toxic masculinity, and then hearing what your story was uh, growing up, it, a lot of the same stuff is um, prevalent in all of our lives, really. Like uh, when he said, right. like, we talk about um, this is where the cussing comes in. I apologize. Um, there's a daddy issues across, uh, daddy issues ball across my head told me fuck a foul. I'm teary-eyed, want to throw my hands, I won't think out loud. And that talks about the emotional containment. So I know right. how you talked about how when you were younger, that like you a lot of stuff you didn't get out or like you get, you get a chance to say. I know when I was, uh, even till now, there's a lot of stuff that I want to express. And I think I express more now, but it's more of like a passive aggressive, what they would call it. So I would hold it in. And then when I um, release, I say that I start spazzing out, with, with, I start going crazy on people. It's because uh -huh. I've held it in so long, and then it's like, boom. And I, I think um, I talked about this before. Um, one of the guys I worked with named Eli, I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, I'm like the Kanye of the sword. And he just stopped. He was like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what that's we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, cause yeah, cause I'll, be, I'll be cool, and all of a sudden, I'll just start going off. And it's really because right. either something will be said or something will be done, and I'll either take it in a certain way and they'll be like, no, no, it's not that. But I'm like, nah, nah, I'll just start going off. And right. I think that ties back to I, was, I held a lot of emotion in when I was a kid. 
And right. like I said, like I said, I was more self-contained. I stayed in my room, but I never really expressed myself or when I did express myself, it was more of a, I guess kind of an outburst type of way. And I right. think that would tie into like how I always get in trouble for talking in class. So seeing that, like, um, do you feel like that emotional, uh, con- like containing your emotion like that, is, is that healthy? And that's do like- I think it's, it's- do yeah. I think it's healthy yeah. to hold it in? Yeah. No. No, I just think uh, as people, well, today kids can express themselves more than they did when I was growing up and way more than when, when, when my dad was growing up. Uh, I used to say to you guys, um, I don't know if y'all remember, but I used to say, you can ask me any question, but never question me. <laughs> That's confusing. Confusing as a child. <laughs> <Let's> go to <continue>. you. <laughs> yeah. They're very, you conf- very confusing as a child, but continue. <laughs> right, but I try to explain it to you. But do y'all understand? Okay, let me ask oh, now, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and I'll try to explain it to you because yeah, there's, there's a big difference in asking me a question and questioning what decision I make. And uh, but I think there are ways to. Cause I'm a big component on um, expressing yourself, but I'm also a big component of respect. And just because you don't like something, if you can't give me a, and I'm speaking like if I was raising you, you guys right now, mm-hmm. and we're like in the seventh, eighth grade. Um, okay, let's let's take this. Let's take this for. I'm gonna take it way to the left, Chris. Okay, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, Hector. Hey, hey, oh, <laughs> 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 too late. Let go ahead. <laughs> with Dwayne, with Dwayne Wade's son. Okay. And. At, was it was it seven years old? He tells them he want to be identified as a girl. I think it was something like that. I'm like, that's the no, no, no. I'm just not. I'm not. No, I'm not accepting. No, when you're 18, you can identify what you want to. But at at this age, you're not even. You don't even know what sexuality is. So I'm I'm not saying I'm gonna be a bully and say no, 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 no. But you can't. Just, just don't tell me I feel like. Well, the other day you felt like Santa Claus was real. But then you realize he wasn't real the next day. So you just can't go by feeling. It's a way of, it's a respecting and how you uh, are able, I guess, are able to articulate. And it's, it's a tough job as a parent to not only tell your kid they have to articulate something, but teach them how to articulate things. Mm-hmm. You have to do it in the same, uh, kind of like uh, at the same time. Watch what you say, but talk to me. Huh? <laughs> Say what you feel, but watch your mouth. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those. It's a balancing act that you're doing. It's a balancing act. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you have to be able to hear them, but you also have to be able to correct them uh, when they're going down a path that you know is not right for them at this moment. Let me put it like that. I like how you clean that up. Everybody chooses their own path. <laughs> Okay, then what's you laughing for? What's up? What no, no, I say I like how you clean that one up. <laughs> no, I, I mean, might have mute his mic. Mute his mic. Because it's like you know, everybody has their own journey. But as a parent, your job is to supposed to be to raise up individuals who can survive in this society but if you just keep coddling them if you keep giving them what they want if you keep just allowing them to dictate 
when they step off under your roof, they're not going to be able to handle the world because they think that they are, and forgive me, they think they are the shit and the world revolves around them. And a lot of kids mentally are not prepared for that because parents aren't real with them. But you have to let them express themselves. But then if it, if they're going in the wrong direction, you have to be able to reel them in. Like, reel them in and say, okay, I feel you, but this, 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 this. You know, so let's just say if, if uh, <laughs> I asked Mickey when we heard about Dwayne Wade, I'm not making fun of the situation because I, I mean, I don't know the situation. I'm just going by the report. I say if Q would have came to you at seven years old and said, hey, I'm a female and I want to be identified as a female, what would you have done? She said, I would told him to go in there and take a nap, wake up and try again. <laughs> <laughs> And dude, I lost. But you know, because okay, this is how you feel today. But this, these are the facts. The facts are that you're not a female. You might feel like a female, or you think you're a female, but you're not. So let's let's try to find out why you feel this way. And it can't be just because you act a certain way. Because who's to say that uh, a man is acting like a man? It's just a label. It's just a perception. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know it's going way off. I don't, I don't even know what the question was now. <laughs> no, no, we we're talking about the uh, emotional. Con- no, emotional he asked you when did you emotional. start? Yeah. He asked you when did you start comedy? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, bro. That was good. Yeah, I was way off. I was way off. <laughs> we just wanted a year. We just wanted yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, so, so it was 87, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, we're talking about emotional containment and then talking about how uh, with kids being able to express themselves, but yeah, not being able yeah, to. Yeah, I, I was on the right track. Yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah, you're right track. Yeah. But it's more yeah, so, it's like just, you said, think, it's like what you're I, saying. Like the, I the think parents. I wish I would have. Being you guys' father, I think I wish I would have, uh, because as parents, there's always teachable moments, and you have to recognize those teachable moments. And like like uh, we talked about when uh, I realized that I can't coach, I can't raise Kim the same way I raised Taylor Heath. Emotionally, they're totally different when y'all play sports. You know, Mike was, both of y'all was really into sports, but Mike, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Kim, <laughs> when he... Just, uh, just call me by my full government name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> When Kim uh, messed up, I could yell at him and tell him what to do, and he would snap in and he would focus and boom, he could do it. And with 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 Hater Heat, I tell I yell at him and he would win. And I remember one time we was at the apartment playing football, uh, playing football, and I could see him like starting to wither and I pulled him to the side and we had to talk and I realized then I can't talk to him the same way I can't coach him the same way that was a teachable moment that I realized at that moment and was able to correct it not that I always got it right but I'm just saying I and as parents we have to be able to know who our kids say their emotional state when something comes up it's a teachable moment you got to take time and, and deal with it in a way where they're not making a, a, a decision on their own and you're just not agreeing with them just to shut them up. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. just let them do what they want to do because society said it's cool when morally you don't think it's right. You know, 
you have to find you have to find that balance. But I think kids shouldn't they should be able to come to their parents and uh, talk to them. I I couldn't I didn't know how to talk to dad because he was never at home. You know, and when he was home, he was tired. You know, and on the weekend, you know, he's dealing they dealing with money issues. They always you know dealt with money issues and and trying to keep the family together. So me talking to him about my little feelings. <laughs> yeah, feelings. Uh, I didn't feel I, that was an appropriate time for that. Yeah, how about you feel some of these bills? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, why you out there watching this car? Hey, Dad, I'm feeling. Yeah. I, well, I feel you should clean these rims. <laughs> Hey, go get your job. <laughs> How about with these bills? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel you need to be working. <laughs> so, yeah. Then all of a sudden, your feelings don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I was going to bring that up um, also to tie back in. We talked about the, the football aspect. And I think I talked wow. to uh, I think I talked to you, Kim, the, with a couple weeks ago. It's Michael now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> our, our, our <laughs> I, yeah, I keep, mess, I keep messing it up, right? <laughs> All right, Mikey. So, uh, <laughs> little little Mike. Yeah, little Mike. We were talking the other day, right? Little Miggy. <laughs> no, but we were talking wow. about how the the realization that I had, where because um, after that uh, we talked about that conversation, I had thought back to um, me working at, at my job now, and then the uh, the characters that I have to deal with and the stories I've told y'all, and then um, I would say like, yeah, you come work up here. Uh, with me, I'm you know, like, but I, I ain't doing that. I, I ain't working. I ain't working up there with them. I, I, I couldn't do it all them. How they talk to y'all? They talk to y'all crazy. And I, I'm sitting there now thinking about like that was the same thing that I was fearing back then, like uh, with the with the coaches and everything. I like how they were they would talk to me. I didn't want to be yelled at. Now, right now, I'm in the environment to where well, it was that way where I was being yelled at constantly. And I know it was at first it was pretty much I would say traumatizing, but that's due to um, the, the, my other job of where, I, how I lost, how I lost that job. Right. But, but once I conquered the fear of, oh, you're not going to lose your job just because they're yelling at you doesn't mean that, um, they're going to do, <laughs> they're going to fire you. Wait, hold on one second. Right. All right. My bad. My bad. Oh, okay. I got back into it. Um, we talked about, so being in that environment and having like having the people yelling at me being traumatized, I was, once I conquered that fear, it was like, oh, I'm not gonna get fired. So now when you come there, oh, you're boo. I was able to stop and just look past it. Okay, so what is he really what is he really asking me or what is he really telling me? And what I found out was the reason why he was yelling is because he done told us several times this thing and we didn't do it. So it's really the frustration. So it's really still back to be being our fault for not getting the stuff done. So can we really be mad at the yelling? But now I see we're in an environment now whenever you're you raise your voice or you show frustration or you try to hold someone accountable. It's a, oh, oh no no I can't. Then it's everybody is everybody's problem. Oh you didn't do this. It's like I said. It's kind of like the the child, the, the weak child. Like oh oh you didn't you weren't there for me. You didn't train me. You didn't teach me. They'll do anything just to not be held accountable for what they did wrong. And right. it's, and it's like so didn't go. So that's why I now appreciate it. Like now I understand it. But to hear y'all say oh yeah I couldn't deal with that. Like like wow that's it, like a total one eighty to me. Like from back then. That's the reason why I have right. a, that's the reason why I have an asterisk next to next to my name. Which, which one? Yep. That's the reason why I have an asterisk next to my name. Which <laughs> one? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was raised different. <laughs> I was raised in a different era. I don't care what the what the what the purpose is. I don't care if you told me a million times, you check your tone. 
If you can't handle your position, you need to step down. Well, you have to get handled. You're yeah, you talking about the same thing. Same, same. Yeah. How about you go find a new position? All right. You didn't leave that weekend, did you? Yeah. Well, that, that, that goes back to, uh, like, just the me. And I, I would say, like, the, and I've, I've been speaking about this uh, lately. Like, uh, there's a reason why I was pulled pulled back to work around nothing but women for the past, like, 12 years. Uh-huh. So, so you can balance yourself out with the uh, the feminine energy. Yeah. Because, yeah, if I would have continued on, continued on in the nature and the, the type of environments that you're in, nah. Well, see, I find, I find that funny because in my environment, <clears throat> yes, it's a hyper, it's a hyper masculine environment. Of course, it's a, it's a warehouse, of course, mm-hmm. but, right. but I've always been the one that worked around the women. And so it was, I, I was always the, like in the train department. So either put like the women in the train department or they put them in a different section, but I was always the one that was able to interact. Like every, every like everybody thinks I'm, I'm cool on that personal level. But so they don't have to worry about, oh, is he trying to talk to me? Is he trying to try to try to try to have sex with me? Blah, blah, blah. Like they know when I'm there, I'm just pure business, mm-hmm. which is different from the hyper masculine environment. So I'm able right. to balance it. So I guess that would be the balance where I, I know how to cut cut that aspect off. I'm not looking at every chick that comes through in the train. Like I, I'm in charge of the train. So every new person comes through me first. Right. So it's like you really be like, oh, yeah, if I, if I was in that position, I, I got to pick a litter. Yeah, you wouldn't last very long. You will be fired for sexual harassment in like in two weeks. Right. So but you gotta ask, let me ask, let me ask this. You gotta ask, like, if your grandfather was here and you say, me say, how y'all think he would respond? I know how, I know how he would respond with both, with both Kim and you, uh, Hater, uh, and how you handle it, how you, or how you should handle the situation you're in. Um, I think we, I don't remember, I think we talked about it. I was kind of telling him the story of how it was, and he was telling me that we were kind of going back and forth about how it was, like, he was telling me about, like, the union. And what they used to do back right. in the days, that, that kind of thing. I'm trying to remember exactly what he would, he would tell me. But I, I always took it as, like, that was my my mature, my growth is I don't have to respond in a certain way or I don't have to be like everyone else. Right. And then I think that's why I got in the position that I'm in, um, especially being up there, because it's like I said, it's, it's like, it's pure chaos. And then my job is... Right. My job is to be the structure, which is hilarious because right. you know how I am in real life. <laughs> I have no structure. Ten, ten, ten more, I'll be done in 10 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah, so, Two hours later. I'll be there. I'm done in 10 minutes. <laughs> so I use that also as a test of me learning the structure since I have to be the structure in this chaotic chaotic <laughs> environment. So right. I, I think I think I think Papa would be proud of, of me how I'm how I'm handling it. Um what you, what you think, Kim? Well, I know he always say, you know, do what you need to do to keep your job because you need that job. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's his word. Right. Now, a lot of people would say that's uh, a, a submissive position. And my father would reply, well, being the opposite, is they going to feed your family? Mm-hmm. And the bottom line for him was, because uh, it was a couple of guys that came up to the, uh, came to the service and they were telling me how your, your, your father's the reason I kept my job. You would always pull the young guys to the side and say, hey, man, listen, they're going to say stuff to you. They're going to try to talk to you crazy. But you remember, remember this. Regardless of what they say, remember this. You got a good job. You got to feed your family. So popping off, cursing somebody out, ain't going to help your family. Mm-hmm. You might feel good when you do it, but you got to go home and explain to your family why they ain't eat because you can control your uh, your mouth. Yeah, they don't you let them say what they say. You just come in, do your work, go home, and make your money. And I know guys who would would say, you know, that's a 
uh, lack of a better word, that's a bitch move. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be a bitch because my father, we never missed a meal. Right. And as poor as we was, we never missed a meal. So I would rather have that thing teach me how to be, you know, humble, how to humble himself and take care of his family. But that's stronger than the guy who's cursing the people out. You know, I'll take yeah. that guy anything. Not right. the guy every other week he coming home, well, he start tripping again, and then the lights go out. Yeah, family you know, only. So. <laughs> family only going to hear that for so, for so long. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and the officer would be like, well, well, for the sake of the lights, why, why, why can't you just take it? <laughs> this, 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 we could, I, I, I've been called so many things by people, even to this day, like, I, I'm still cool with these people, but I, that's, that's one thing I learned from that, too. Like, sometimes it just be in the heat of the moment. Um, I've had <clears throat> things thrown at me, and, 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 and in those moments, it was like, yeah, this, this, like, it, it's over. It, it's done. The, the, job, the job is done. And I just have to stop right. myself and be like, are you really about to give up this almost six-figure job <laughs> because, right. because, y'all, because y'all emotional? <laughs> exactly. But that's, that's exactly. self-defense. <laughs> no, no, we still both get fired regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We do the pit first. Like, well, y'all have to respond. So it's like, <sighs> so I, I got to be, in lack of a better word, the bitch in the, in, in the situation. And now now I get laughed at at work because we talk about it. We talk about it to this day. They're like, hey, remember when a person did pitch? So it's like, ha, 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 it's funny, ha. But in the end, I know it, it took a lot because really we I, I could either we both could have lost our job or I could have been well, oh he threw a pin at me and then he could have lost he, he wouldn't be able to feed his family all because we were right. upset about another dude uh, who who was talking crazy right so that that's when you had to learn like the you said humble yourself like that thing yeah. I, I get laughed at about it to this day it was like is, is it really like you would have felt like you would not have felt better if you would have did something different in that situation and he would have lost his job right. Or if you did right. something, you both lost your job. So you got the best result. Just take it and keep it moving. Pick yeah. your battles. Exactly. What, would Tony, exactly. what would Tony Soprano do? Somebody won't be showing up. Loaded up. Hey, somebody won't be showing up for work next week. Yeah, what, what would Joe? What would Joe Pesci do? Oh no, <laughs> no, no, he probably beat, beat him with the phone right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we didn't really get to get to break down any lyrics, but we got the great discussion <laughs> out of all that. So we're gonna we're gonna move on. Sorry, sorry, Kenny, we're not going to any more of your lyrics. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> but if you want to get more detail of the lyrics, you can listen to the pre-show that we did on Father's Day on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash the meme podcast. Hey, there you go. <laughs> the meme might step it up to the structure. Show, show me how it's done. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Been doing it for five years. <laughs> All right, thanks, bud. <laughs> no, all right, but the last thought I want to say about the actual song, um, when I first heard the song, the first verse reminded me a lot of how you were with uh, with Kim growing up, and the second verse was a lot about, like, to me, how you were with me, because the first okay. verse was more about, like, the um, the masculine aspect, the uh, not to be weak, um, and it used more of the, the basketball analogy. Right. And then the second verse is more so about uh, about being weak, and then um, also he talked more so about the the aspect of the, I guess the the weakness or the feminine aspect of him, and how that's what he was trying to get get you know, get him away from, or also the street aspect. But it, every I think the main part he said was uh, everything he uh, everything you didn't want was everything that I was. Right. So that part so could be because I when I think about that conversation that we had and how I misconstrued <laughs> what, what was right. said. Yeah. And then learning, in, in essence, it was a strength in that, in that weakness. So it's kind of like 
that line really resonated with me because it's kind of like, yeah, that's how I thought how you felt about me. But then in the end, you see it for see it from a different perspective and you see the the growth from it. Right. So so that yeah, line, hey, okay. I, I know we want to jump to something else, but uh, I never saw you as weak. I just saw you as uh, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not confused. Not focused. You couldn't focus. Shout out to the ADHD. You couldn't, and, 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 say again? I said shout out to the ADHD. Yeah. And see, I know nothing. I, knew nothing about, I never even thought about that. Yeah. No, no parent uh, puts a, it's funny, we, we don't put a uh, negative brand on our kid, but we always ask, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and even if you did say something, what? But ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> you got you to be quiet. Uh, <laughs> Everything went back to be quiet. <laughs> if you would have been quiet, right. if you learn how to be quiet, right. maybe your head wouldn't hurt. Right. Maybe your leg wouldn't be broke. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so, yeah, so, so learning, from, learning, from, uh, learning over time, so yeah, you're right. The word wouldn't be weak. It would be, I'll say, more sensitive. But how that manifested would be, it allowed me to be more compassionate, even even in times where, like, this is what uh, Kim gets on me about, like with the dating stuff. He's like, yeah, you're you're, you're too nice. You're, you're you're a nice guy. I think that's a tie into, I even though I know how the world is, I still feel like I have the quote unquote responsibility to still be compassionate, still be who I am, and not let outside the outside world change who i am okay and, and the way i i frame that is like how i like you and and ken would be like the the masculine aspect of course mom would be the feminine aspect i more so i guess will be more under mom but i'm learning more to be more in the masculine be less sensitive be more um more for self more ego um because there, there is a balance you, you can't you can't throw away the ego just like you can't live in it and be just all about it because you still have to have a, some kind of self uh self-love or self-appreciation or self-care um but learning to, but still having the compassion to where it's not all about you I, I think that's the balance that I'm, I'm trying to find while talking to Kim we talked about in the past where he was looking more so to be more of a help to other people or include be more inclusive rather than trying okay. to do everything on his own so I think that's right. like him trying to be more, I guess, in his feminine or like him bouncing himself out and then me um, going more masculine trying to bounce myself out. So that's like, okay. that's always been like the yin and yang between me and, me and him also. Right. Okay. But yes, that's enough of that deep stuff. So now let's get into segment three, Mirror, which we discussed toxic masculinity and is it a first world problem? So I'm gonna start it off with what is toxic masculinity? So shout out to Amy Morin, um, she wrote an article and basically breaking down toxic masculinity. So she describes it as toxic masculinity isn't just about behaving like a man. Instead, it involves the extreme pressure some men may feel to act in a way that is extremely harmful. There are many definitions of toxic, ma toxic masculinity that appear in, in research as well as pop culture. Some researchers have come to agree that toxic masculinity have three core co uh, concepts or components. Toughness. This is the notion that men should be physically strong, emotionally callous, and behaviorally aggressive. Anti-femininity. This involves the idea that men should not should reject anything that is considered to be feminine, such as showing emotion or accepting help. And then third will be power. This is the assumption that men must work toward obtaining power, 
and status, social and financial, so they can gain the respect of others. So I'm, I'm going to start with the first one, toughness. So once again, that's uh, being physically strong, emotionally callous, and behaviorally aggressive. You said this is her, her um, definition of toxic masculinity. So being tough? No. Toughness? So, well, I think it's the I think there's a toughness that needs to be shown, but where it gets overly toxic, tough. where it gets, yeah, overly uh Hyper, you know, just over the top tough. Yeah, like where you, let's say, you say like you're bullying. Yeah, like, like you're bullying. For the you're bullying like you're focusing. But who, but, but everybody, who's who definition of is over the top? Because that becomes a problem with, if it's somebody who's sensitive, but someone who's just masculine, it becomes toxic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they just throw that, that, throw that word out there uh, freely nowadays. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, so what I was thinking, like physically strong, if, if you if you have the intention, oh yeah, I'm getting physically strong so I can bully, then that would be the toxic aspect, mm-hmm. um, right? Emotion, right. like emotionally callous. You have to have you have to display some emotion as a man, but you can't be emotional. Yeah, you can't be emotionless. Oh, okay, yeah. But don't we live in a society now that people want to try to tell you, like for instance, how to show your emotions? Like uh, I haven't grieved like I thought I should be grieving. People say, oh, you gotta let it go. You gotta get. How are you gonna tell me how I'm supposed to act emotionally? Again, these the the, the definitions are uh, subjective mm-hmm. uh, because my way of doing things we, we live in fact now if someone doesn't like it then it's wrong. Well, in that, in that case, then everything is wrong because there's gonna be somebody who don't like it right. for whatever reason. Uh, I don't like when they start putting the labels on toxic masculinity. If a guy's a bully, he's a bully. Right. You know. If a person doesn't show emotions like my father, it don't make him a bad guy. He just don't show his emotions. That's just not who he is. Right. But you're a person like, okay, to need a perfect example, uh, hater, remember when uh, you and your ex-fiance came to the house mm-hmm. and you would see, I want to talk to you because I want your opinion on something. You start telling me about the situation. Uh-huh. And then she came out and we were still talking. You didn't bite your lip. You kept saying this is what it is. This is what it is. And she says, I, I, I well, I do X, Y, Z. I do X, Y, Z. And, and, um, I expect, no, she said, I, she said, I don't do things to be reciprocated, but it would be nice to be reciprocated. And I said to her, if you need that type of dude to be happy, don't marry my son. You remember that? <laughs> That's why I'm not married. Because I said he's <laughs> telling you that's not who he is. He's showing you who he is. You get mad because he's not who you want him to be. But now you get ready to marry. This is why most marriages don't last. Because but 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 the but beginning. now they they now you are emotionally callous because you don't you you don't um, approach things the same way as they do, mm-hmm. or it rubs them the wrong way. Yeah. So when they start putting these labels and yeah. It, it just irritates me, man, because anybody, anybody can interpret interpret something as toxic masculinity if they don't get the emotions that they want. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, so yeah, it's more about the subjective. I, I understand what they're talking about, like emotionally callous, like when you have like literally no emotion or you like your emotions don't match with the situation, then I can understand the toxic aspect of that part. Mm-hmm. And then the behaviorally aggressive, that's like... I can understand Again, that straightforward. Bully, right? Yeah, bully. So that's straightforward. That's yeah. what it is. What it is. Um, right. Now we go to the second point, which is the anti-femininity. Um, that involves the idea that men should reject anything that considered to be feminine, such as showing emotion or accepting help. 
Now, I think right. that one, I wouldn't put that under the term of anti-femininity. Right. Because like showing emotion, okay, I, I get that aspect and I understand that as us as men need to show emotion to some degree. But I've also been in situations where you show that that little bit of vulnerability or that same emotion is like, oh, well, well, you're not, you're, well, you're not supposed to be doing that. It's like, so, and this will be the same person that talk about oh, toxic masculinity and turn around and be like, well, you showed emotion and that, that's not, that's not what a man should do. It's like, <laughs> wait, double-edged sword. Exactly. It's like a catch-22. Right. So, right. so it's not about the women. This is Father Time Show. <laughs> I'm going to go there. But um, <laughs> but uh, accepting help, like accepting help is the main one. Like it, uh, that's not a. I'm not gonna put that exclusively with uh, femininity. Asking for help. Yeah, that, like that. That's not. Everybody that's not exclusive. Help. Yeah, that's not exclusive to uh, femininity. Just <laughs> yeah, just yeah. women. Massage my knees on that one. <laughs> Massage my knees. All right. <laughs> then we're gonna skip over to the number three, power. So, this is the assumption that men must work toward obtaining power and status, social and financial, so they can gain respect of others. So you know the first thing I thought about when I thought when I saw that? What is that? Capitalism. Work. That is okay. the main basis of capitalism. You're supposed to get as much as you can and you are valued by what you can gain. Right. So is it a toxic masculinity problem or is it a capitalistic problem? Mm. It depends on who you ask. Right. Now, if you ask the the the, uh, the women, they'll probably say, Well, the patriarchal system is what some, created some, capitalism. Some women, you gotta be clear. So, 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 certain, certain, some women, certain women. Saying, when you ask women, uh, that's women of a certain generalize. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be yeah. careful. Yeah, be I, careful. I, I think you cleaned it up for me. Right. So certain certain women of a certain <laughs> ilk will say, "Well, the patriarchal society is what created capitalism, so it's still your fault." Okay, one could be the same. Yeah. One could be the same. Yeah. What were you about to say? No, I was agreeing with you. Yeah. So so when I read that, it was like that's not to me. If toxic to me, toxic masculinity would be the extreme form. But some of the stuff I'm saying is just regular masculinity, like it was, like you were saying before. Well, I, didn't, I don't like it. I don't like when, it. <laughs> when you put toxic, toxic, you know, you have to break words down. Toxic is not good at all. Right. It's deadly. It's going to kill you. It's death. So it seems like they're trying to, society is trying to um, take all the masculinity out of out of the male and just, 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 what, what is, what's the word they use that uh effeminize that, uh, what is it effeminize feminize no what e-feminize. was the word that uh, they say that um that jada uh oh emasculate actually men yeah emasculate yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's basically what they feel like what they're trying to do right because anytime a man is so, i ain't gonna say anytime but a lot of these definitions take you from being the leader being a strong leader because they want you to show emotions well I can't show emotion because I have to do this. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they don't take that into they don't take that into consideration. So and you know how you break uh, that down. That reminds me of the Doctor Strange movie. I got it. so like even, right? with, even with the Doctor Strange movie, like they're talking. He was act, talking to uh, the um, the main chick that he was now about to marry another guy, and she asked him like, uh, "Why didn't we work out?" And she was like, "Well, Stephen." Um, you always have to be the one uh, holding the knife. So I took oh, that. Yeah, because he, well, he was a he was a doctor before that, but he ended up being like a sorcerer supreme. But like before that, he was like okay. one of the best doctors in the in the surgeons in the country. So he always okay. wanted to be in, in control, essentially. Okay. So, so it's like, okay, so what were you like? If, if we talk about relationships, the man's supposed to be the quote unquote the dominant one. 
So he's going to be the one holding night. Now, should he got more suggestions? Okay, I can see the aspect, but that analogy was to me terrible. But like, it's like, oh, I, I want to be a part. I, I want to be the leader too. But from my own personal experience, whenever I, whenever I was in a situation and I, I was like a, a co-leadership type of thing, when it ended, it came back around. Oh, I wanted you to take more control and be more dominant. Right. So it's kind of like, hey, I'm give, I gave you everything these women now say that they want, and it is, no, I want it the old way. Right. And then when you are, right. well, when I, you are dominant I, and leading, then it's like. You're too dominant. You're, you're, you're always trying to well, lead. I would like to have right. a voice. <laughs> you're controlling. Yeah, I would like to have a voice too. Well, see, I had that with 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 with, with uh, Sonya. She said I never wanted a guy who I could just run over, but she couldn't run over me, and she couldn't handle. Yeah, I'm like, well, what? You know, that makes no sense. You got a strong alpha male who's taking care of his family, but that ain't good enough. For you. Mm-hmm. you know, so that's when they start throwing these 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 labels. Um, it just it just irritates me. Toxic masculinity. No, no. Masculinity is not toxic. Some guys are just, like I said, buttholes. They take things to the extreme, but a person who is trying to make money, if that's their drive, that's their drive. Right. Now, the woman he's taking care of wouldn't think that was masculine or uh, toxic masculinity. True. Yeah, you know, is. she would think that was a good provide. So, again, it comes down to who you're listening to. Right. You know? And, and what, 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 did, what do you really want? Right at the end of the day, so a lot of people say they want things, but you don't know what you really want until be talking. Yeah, a lot of people just be talking. Right, right. sound good. Right, as I always say, it sounds yep, good. Yep, exactly. Sounds great. So yeah, I just pretty much uh, narrow it down to like I think it needs to be a, more of an understanding. Just like this is what the Kendrick album represents is like an understanding of why he was absent for five years, an understanding of like where he's at and where he's been, understanding of like just focusing on Father Time, like this is. My father raised me this way. This is why I am who I am now. Uh, and I'm right. identifying with it. So it needs to be more of an understanding. Um, as he said on um, the other song, uh, uh, Mother I Sober, where it's like, hey, understand how we cope. Or understand our, our uh, mechanisms. It's based on this traumatic, uh, these traumatic experiences that predate, you know, our parents. It goes back to slavery and all that. So it's like, understand that before you start putting these labels on us like toxic max masculinity and all of that exactly. so it's like um i said that it's um based on that person is what's needed at that time based on society and location you know societal norms and location uh based on what that soul needs to prosper because it's like when you start to look at things from a from a spiritual standpoint it's like we are all here to learn different lessons everybody's not it's not meant for everybody to learn or to be the same and to you know everybody needs to be more emotional everybody needs to be less this and more this it's like everybody is at different levels and different stages of their growth so it's like once we have that understanding then it's like if we focus more on individual understanding in each individual and why this person is quote unquote bullying and super aggressive once you get an understanding of their background and where their parents were where their parents were raised and so forth right. and so forth and the conditions then you have a better understanding so now you can approach them just like the example that you gave where you know at that moment when you realized hey um how i talk to kim i can't talk to hater heath that that way Right. I gotta have a different right. approach. So it's like once you start right. to move in that direction, everyone's different, and you have to approach everybody different. Then all these labels get thrown out the window. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think you did a great job of putting a pin in that one. 
Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent material. Did you have anything you want to add on, on top of that, Pop? No, that's that's, <laughs> that's yeah. I'm tough, I'm tough. Well, who didn't mess up? Who didn't mess up the names anyway? So, <laughs> um, no, I think he hit the nail on the head. Uh, he articulated that the way I would have. Awesome, awesome. And I have nothing to add to that because that's a great way to close it out. So, this is season nine, divine but out of line and alignment. Meme number 102, father time, Kendall Lamar's father time discussion. Uh, hashtag, I want you to be my father. Why you was on the road? So the topics of the discussion was Purple Hearts, memories of how we viewed our fathers, crown, lyrical breakdown of father time. We didn't really break down the lyrics, but we had a great discussion. And then Mirror, which is uh, toxic masculinity or first world problems, which I think we out, uh, just basically said it's a first world problem. So... Join us next week for Meme 103, where we break down the movie Midsommar with special guest Simba 2.0. And where you can find us, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and all pl podcast platforms. You're only getting season eight and up on those platforms. If you want seasons one through seven pre and post shows and other exclusive content, go to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash the meme podcast. Donate, support, and become a meme or a meme bird. In closing, I'm Kemanunaki. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> no, 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 no plug space to place. Oh, yes. Uh, check me out at uh, if you want to follow me. I'm not used to this. So. <laughs> 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 like, I used to have my, I usually have my notes and be like, hey, okay, how you close out? Okay, you go ahead and close and then I close with my whole spill, but I'm not leading the show and closing out. So it's like uh I wasn't prepared. Oh, so like you were talking about my prep prep, prep this and you were prepared. Right, so, right. so 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 you were not off. Hey, I close, hey, hey, I closed this show strong. So so so, so what you I say? closed the third segment strong. Yeah, you did, I but, put the but, I put the nail in the coffin. You did, but you didn't close the show strong. <laughs> So you got you got finish it out. Come on, cuffs, cuffs, Junior. <laughs> Your papa ain't teach you nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want, if you if, if they don't know what to say, how to close out. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at uh, Facebook, Michael Miguel Washington, on uh, Instagram or IG. Sorry, I'm still old. I, You'll give the whole <laughs> the whole www.instagram.com <laughs> 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 world underscore okay Mickey's world underscore IG or you can go to my website www. I'm gonna say it like y'all Mickey's world dot com M I G G Y S W O R L D dot <laughs> and uh, check out my new uh, Instagram page. It's going to be uh, Mickey Wells <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, in <laughs> well, let me let me give out. So, uh, if you want to follow me, it's uh, Kim Naki K H E M N A K H I on all platforms. All platforms. Uh, also, check out Spaces the Place podcast. Uh, S P A S E S P A S E is the place. I S T H E P L A C E space is the place podcast. Um, also a new day with a new Bay podcast. Uh, you check that out. A N was that A N E W D A Y A N U B E Y. Uh, that podcast with me and Lahoma Jaffe. So, uh, so yeah, check out those podcasts. And then, like I said, follow me on all platforms, Kim Naki K H E M N A K H I. 
Boom. All right. You, you, you type that out. Hmm? You type that out. That's I don't good. need to. All right. All right. That's off top. That's cuffs. No. <laughs> cuffs. You're doing spare the cuffs, man. Oh, oh, cuffs, too. Oh, cuffs, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in closing, everything is everything and everything is what is it is what it is till it ain't. Rest in peace to Jimmy Dale Washington, Martha Carroll Washington. Thank you, Pops, for being on the show and um, joining us for this special episode. And it will be that way until I say cease. We We out of here. Peace. You're now listening to me. 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 You're now listening to me. Yeah, yeah.